It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Pierce all the way up the horn. It's gone! can't find anybody. Gives it to Wall. Hey, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and we are coming to you Wednesday night uh, from DC. The Wizards just lost to the San Antonio Spurs, marking the Spurs' 21st straight winning season which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, The Wizards have now lost to the Spurs in San Antonio 18 straight times. Uh, And we're going to get to all that along with um, a little bit talking about Markeith Morris with our guest tonight, Brandon Nguyen from Wizards Extra. Uh, Markeith has really stepped up since John Wall's gone down, especially in March. It didn't show tonight. He had only five points, but he's he's been playing pretty well. So we'll talk about that. And finally, we'll talk about... What could have been, perhaps, if Kelly Oubre and Tomas Sadoransky saw some time earlier? Sado's in his second year uh, coming over from Czech Republic, and Oubre is in year three. He basically played zilch his rookie season under Randy Whitman. So we're going to discuss all that um, a little bit later. But first, we're going to start with the Wizards uh, dropping. After winning two straight, they they dropped on the road to San Antonio uh, and... The Wizards were a little bit short-staffed. Uh, Jody Meeks and Mike Scott were both out with the flu. But, as I mentioned, 18 straight losses to the Spurs. The Wizards only scored 90 points. 45 of those came from the bench, so half the points. And uh, the Spurs edged them out 98-90, but really it wasn't that close. It was in the first half. Uh, it was tied 18 apiece after the first quarter. 
Uh, the Spurs got ahead a little bit, up by six, heading into a half. And then that's when San Antonio just took over in the third quarter, allowed just 16 points for the Wizards, outscored them 27-16. And so it was 77-60 uh, heading into the fourth quarter. And there were some spurts in the fourth quarter. It got down to about a dozen or so, but uh, a couple big three-pointers from Kelly Oubre. He and Bradley Beal both led the Wizards with 21, but the Wizards didn't have enough. Uh, and it was just smothering defense, honestly, by the Spurs. Uh, you could see that in 10, sorry, not 10, but three blocks for Danny Green, including one that really deflated the Wizards uh, at the, you know, the third quarter when Ramon Sessions was driving and trying to get a buzzer beater to kind of, you know, add some momentum going into that final frame. And <laughs> it seemed like Danny Green just swatted him all the way back to like half court. Uh, he he was defensive menace. Um, and as I mentioned, the Wizards had just 90 points. They shot just 42%, letting Spurs hit 50%. Uh, turnovers weren't bad for the Wizards this time around, just 12 of them, but it was really offensive rebounds that made a big difference. Um, so the guard for the Spurs, DeJounte Murray, had 10 rebounds, and four of those were offensive, but the real story of the game for San Antonio was, oh, by the mention, by the way, a few of the Wizards went really cold, um, so Sadoransky was 0 of 8, uh, Sessions, Two of eight, Frazier one for five, so you know, the guards outside of Bradley Beal didn't shoot well at all. Beal was nine of thirteen, but you know, when he only takes thirteen shots, it shows that something's working well defensively. At least he got more of a rest tonight, thirty-one minutes. Um, other guys who really struggled shooting, Markeith Morris was two of six for five points. Otto Porter ended up with uh twelve points, but he was just five of thirteen. And it was just a, a sloppy game for the Wizards, which will happen when you're facing San Antonio. Uh, we had uh, my buddy Drew Smith on the podcast yesterday. Yes, yesterday, <laughs> Wednesday. And he was talking about how even though the Wizards, sorry, even though the Spurs don't have a ton of scoring options, it's just all about that, that Popovich system in terms of their defense still being elite. And that they're just locked in now. They've got to make the playoffs. And... Another crazy stat about the Spurs, aside from, you know, 21 consecutive winning seasons, like, they still have a chance to win 50 this year. They're 42-30 and 30 with 10, to, 10 games to go. Do you think it's unreasonable for the Spurs to finish 8-2 and two and get to 50 wins yet again? Uh, that would be the 19th straight season. Yeah, 19 in a row uh, if they were to finish that. So their win tied them for 5th place in the West against New Orleans. On the flip side, the Wizards dropped to sixth place. Uh, the Sixers are moving on up, and so they would face Cleveland Cavaliers if the playoffs were to start today. The Cavs just beat the best team in the Eastern Conference, um, the Raptors, by like 132-129, and LeBron had some ridiculous stats. It was a night of ridiculous stats. 30-30 uh, game, not 34-30, but 30-30 game for Dwight Howard uh, as... Uh, Charlotte earned the W over Brooklyn. He had 32 points and 30 boards. And then LeBron was, I think, the first player, either the first time in his career or first time in history, that he had 15 assists and no turnovers. He also had more than 30 points. So uh, it would not be a player that the Wizards want to go up against right now. Obviously, they've got to make some progress. And they're going against two teams that are out of the playoff picture coming up next um, Friday night, both home games, too. 
where the Wizards have been, you know, a little bit shaking. But uh, they've got the Denver Nuggets Friday night and then the New York Knicks on Sunday. So nothing's ever guaranteed, but the Wizards have got to win those for sure to hopefully get that home court playoff advantage. Um, what else happened this game? So, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like a couple of guys... Uh, you know, Bradley Beal put the Wizards up by seven. He hit four straight shots early in the first quarter. Or uh, he was he was knocking them down early, and then uh, Ubre came to life late in the second half. He was hitting threes. He finished shooting nine of seventeen, which is pretty good for twenty one points. But uh, just not too many options. <laughs> four guys were in double figures. Uh, Jan Mahimni played solid as well, and I haven't even gotten to this guy yet. But defensively, the Wizards could not handle LaMarcus Aldridge whatsoever. Aldridge had 27 points in just 31 minutes. He had nine assists. I'm sorry, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, and two blocks. And his turnaround over the right shoulder didn't matter who was guarding him. Gortat, Port, uh, Mahimni, uh, Morris, anybody who the Wizards put on him, they couldn't contain LaMarcus Aldridge. Nobody really has been able to all season. He's been the one offensive threat for the Spurs. And he finished with 27. Wizards had no answer uh, in the second half. And they fell. Um, and that's about all I have to say about this ugly Wizards-Spurs game. Once again, the final score was 98-90. to And the Wizards have, have a lot of uh, ground to make up if you know they want to avoid Cleveland in that first round. And finish the season on a on a, a high note as uh, John Wall gets ready to come back and they regain their health a little bit heading into postseason. So we're going to take a real quick break now and we're going to start talking to our guest for the night, uh, Wizards Extra reporter Brandon Nguyen. First we're going to talk about Markeith Morris's improvements uh, after he kind of seemed a bit inconsistent to start the year recovering from a couple of injuries including one dating back to last playoff series when he badly sprained his ankle, but didn't even miss a game, which is pretty impressive. Um, it looked like that was going to be serious. So uh, Markeith is back in the swing of things. He's He's been playing well, averaging 13.7 games before the Spurs game uh, through February and March. And then finally, we're going to talk about the young guns for the Wizards, Ubre and Sadoransky and... You know, they're doing well now. Of course, Sadoransky's filling in well as a starter for Wall while he's injured. But we're just, you know, you're going to dream about what could have been if they got more minutes earlier in their career. You know, perhaps the Wizards would have beaten the Celtics if they had a reliable point guard, backup point guard uh, last postseason. So we'll get into all that right here on the Locked On Wizards podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey guys, if you've already busted your bracket, there's still a way for you to cash in here on March Madness at MyBookie. If you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. It doesn't matter if you've been a player for years or you like a team because of the colors match with your favorite shoes. 
Just lay down some money and score big on College Hoops. Join me and thousands of online players. Start betting at mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of the runaround when you ask for your payout, just join MyBookie. We only recommend a service that's been good to me and all my listeners, so MyBookie is definitely the way to go. That's why I'm telling you to get with it, get with the program, because they pay fast without any hassles at all. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. Stick with MyBookie and in-game live betting so you can uh, place a bet right after tip-off. That's the story. Join MyBookie. Uh, we'll match your first deposit with a 50% bonus, and just use the promo code Locked On MBA, all one word, to activate your offer. Again, visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, we are back with the Locked On Wizard podcast with our guests here this evening. After we re- recapped in the previous segment, uh, the Wizard Spurs finish. Wizards obviously. Not obviously, but the Wizards lost it, 98-90. So, we've got Brandon Nguyen, who is a Wizards Extra reporter, just like me. Brandon, how many years have you been with Wizards Extra now? I've been with Wizards Extra for almost four years now. Awesome, awesome. Keep up the good work. How's everything going today, Bren? Everything's going pretty well. I just hate this weather we're having right now in mid-March. It shouldn't be snowing around this time of year. Yeah, maybe I'll get to stay home from work tomorrow, though. Hopefully the federal facilities will be closed. We'll see about that. Ideally, <laughs> but how cold it's been. Uh, Markeith Morris has been the opposite here since John Wall's gone down. Uh, he is playing incredibly well, averaging 13.7 points a game, uh, 6.2 rebounds, and 3.2 assists uh, since the start of February when Wall hasn't been in the lineup. The Wizards have been... Not just treading water, but they've been pretty decent in those games. Um, I've got to double check the record. I think it's like thirteen and eight, something around those lines. Fourteen and eight. I've got to double check. But what do you think has been the difference for Markeith? Is it just the ball's moving more? He's getting some more opportunities. What do you think, Brandon? I think he's getting more opportunities, and I also think because of his increase in minutes, that also contributes to his uptick in points per game. Because he's averaging 31 minutes. He's been averaging 31 minutes in March, which is about the same amount of minutes he averaged last year. And earlier in the season, he was dealing with his, with his injuries, which not only affected his production, but also affected the amount of minutes he, play, he plays. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I guess more minutes equals a healthier Markeith Morris, and a healthier Markeith Morris is... Uh, more dangerous player. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, um, some of these stat lines he's put together, uh, especially against the Celtics, which is his best game of the season offensively, have been pretty look pretty good. So, of course, he missed the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games due to uh, recovering from his sports hernia surgery and then a suspension after a bench clearing brawl against the Warriors, and so. Yeah, recently he's he's looked great. Um, he had twenty. He had fifteen points against the Pacers and the Wizards' uh, victory there, and then he had twenty against the Celtics and twenty seven against Minnesota before that. Uh, strange game where he had just four points in nineteen minutes uh, against the Heat, but then before that it was seventeen, sixteen, twelve, fifteen, sixteen, fourteen. So in the month of March, you know, he's had at least 
there was only one game where he didn't get 12 points, and then his rebound numbers have been pretty consistent. He had his uh, season high of 12 rebounds. Um, that was against Miami uh, in their first matchup when the Wizards won in overtime. And then assists, he's he's been you know pretty consistently three or four assists, uh, so that's been solid as well. Uh, it seems like everyone's kind of stepping up and filling the void a little bit more, but it's, it's definitely been noticeable that Morris, who seemed a lot like he was disappearing from games earlier in the season, has found his role and is taking advantage not just of the opportunity, but like last year he was really the guy that you could go to off the bench for a bucket, and it seems like now, later in games, he's, he's being more aggressive, wouldn't you say? Definitely. And shoot, I was about to say, I was about to say something, but I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Cause I remember that um that huge shot he made against Miami, couple on oh that corner three on March sixth, yeah that corner three, yeah yeah, and that, was, that might have been one of the biggest shots he's hit all season. Mm-hmm. Cause the ball really goes to him in the fourth quarter. It's usually a Beal centric offense, or when Wall was in the lineup, they would take turns playing one on one basketball. Yeah. So the ball would rarely go to go to him. And oh man, I, now you caught me on your train where I was about to say something and lost my line of thought. Would you say that that of all the Wizards defenders, he's best equipped to to guard the inside out game of Lamarcus Aldridge um, on on Wednesday night? Oh yeah, he definitely has the the size and strength and the foot speed to stay with some of these stretch fours mm-hmm. or or even some fives, depending on who he's guarding. Yeah, and I think um on. The last podcast that aired on, uh, what was it, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net, um, that aired on Tuesday night. So we heard from Danny Meltzer, and he said that home court advantage is a little bit more important than, you know, trying to recuperate these last couple of games in the, the, the last 12 games for the Wizards. Would you agree that earning that home court advantage or maybe getting up to a three seed matters more than maybe giving guys like Bradley Beal or Otto Porter nights off when they're playing close to 40 minutes so consistently because you need them for the playoffs. What's what's your take on rest versus, you know, finishing with the best record that you can to put yourself in the best position once the playoffs roll around, Brandon? Uh, the, honestly, the Wizards should just go and get the best seed possible. I mean, it's a very tight playoff race between the four, between seeds four and seven. I mean, a, a losing streak can knock them down to the seventh seed. And this is what happens when you don't take care of business early in the season. When you're losing games to Dallas, Phoenix, Charlotte, Atlanta, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, they they put themselves in a position where they, they can't afford to take games off with only 12 games left in the regular season. And half of those games are against teams that have a 500 record or better. So they, mm-hmm. they got to lock in for these last 12 games. But then again, the Wizards really hit the wall in the playoffs last year. They had a six-game series against Atlanta and then a seven-game uh, you know, death march in Boston where they had a lot of early leads, but it seemed like might have run out of gas or, or something. But it, it just seems like it's kind of a double-edged sword because, sure, you can go all out and try and get that three-seat or whatever. Who knows with the shakeup if, if it'll make any difference and... I, I personally am not scared of Toronto or Boston in the playoffs anyway. But then on the other hand, if you're playing all those minutes and getting all those victories to end the regular season, you're going to have the same gas players come playoff time. You're at risk of injury. Of course, uh, John Wall 
is not going to be playing 100% in the playoffs. Uh, he He's about to come back to playing five-on-five scrimmages and get back into ideally, you know, playing in games little by little after that. But, you know, you're, you're not going to get the 100% healthy John Wall. So it's, it's really a, a tough conundrum that we'll see um, how Scott Brooks manages minutes and whether he'll be still playing the starters if the Wizards go down by, like, 15 points in the second half. Um, you would think so, but, I mean, I guess we'll just see how it plays out. So we got one more topic after this uh, word from our sponsors. We're going to do a What If Wednesday and this topic is just where would the Wizards be if they focused maybe a little bit less on the here and now and focused more on getting minutes for Kelly Oubre and Tomas Sadoransky, especially those rookie years where they both averaged like three points a game. Um, Oubre was playing under the, the Whitman regime back behind a, a couple of guys who you, you wouldn't think much of anymore just two years ago. So stay tuned, Brandon Nguyen and Noah Getzel, that's me, we'll be right back to end off, uh, to end this Locked On Wizards podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back to Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can follow me on Twitter. I think I've mentioned this already. It's Noah underscore Getzel, G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. My name on Twitter is nowhere as cool, nowhere near as cool as Brandon wins. Brandon, tell them where to where the people can find you. Uh, I'm at, you can find me on Twitter at Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N underscore forty five. Oh, I had it backwards. Okay, forty. Okay, Nguyen forty five. Let me double check. Make sure. Yeah, I forgot my own Twitter handle. Well. <laughs> Come on, you got one job. It's actually forty five. Then Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, with an underscore uh, between those. What does 45 mean to you? Are you a big Donovan Mitchell fan or something? No, it's just a, ran- it's just a random number. Phil Chenier was 45, with. you know? He was. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting his number retired on Saturday? Right. Sunday. So, do you think that the trajectory of Kelly Oubre and Tomas Sadoransky's careers would be any different of course they're both key role players off the bench perhaps the only reliable role players for the Wizards right now um a lot of people are predicting that you know Kelly Oubre could be a starter or perhaps even like an all-star someday there's a lot of high praise for him uh coming from other Wizards teammates and so let's just like look back on his career a little bit so last year uh he was like okay his rookie year let's start there he was stuck behind a bunch of small forwards. Jared Dudley, who was born in 1985, so he's, his best years are clearly behind him. Uh, and then even two years ago. And then there was uh, Garrett Temple playing some small forward, who else slid in and played a little bit of small forward. Jarrell Eddy, uh, he was on the squad. And Oubre didn't get many minutes. I think it was about 19 a game or less. No, it was 10 a game. Yeah. Yeah, it was 10 again. 10 okay. minutes a game. And he averaged just uh, 3.7 points, 
2.1 rebounds and 0.02 assists, 0.03 steals. And he only appeared in 63 of those games, uh, started nine of them. So really, you know, not not performing too well there. And then uh, he just didn't have the chance under uh, Randy Whitman. And then last year, he averaged 6.3 points per game uh, and three rebounds, 0.7 steals, 0.6 assists. Now this year, he has uh, played in 69 games, started 10 of them, and he's averaged 11.8. I think he's like third or fourth on the Wizards. I've got to double check in scoring. 11.8 points a game, four and a half rebounds, and uh, his shooting has just improved rapidly. We'll talk about that for Tomas Sadoransky, too. He's also averaging 0.9 steals and 0.4 blocks a game. His three-point shooting is thir- up to 36%. It was uh, 29% last season. And then he barely attempted any threes as a rookie, but he shot 32%. So major strides, uh, especially in his ball handling and just the control that he has playing the game. And then Sadoransky, uh, his, his stats have definitely jumped as well. Um, so... He came over at age 25 to the Wizards as, for his rookie year after being drafted in 2012, the same year as Beal. And so it was his first season last year. He averaged 2.7 points, 1.6 assists, half a steal, and how many rebounds? One and a half rebounds. And then this year, he started 22 games, um, played four more games so far with 12 games remaining than last year. And he's averaging 7.1 points. Uh, I'm sure these numbers as a starter are way higher. 7.1 points, 3.7 assists, 2.8 rebounds, and uh, 0.7 steals. The biggest jump has been in his three-point shooting. He's gone up from 24% to 46%. So do you think, are you happy with the way things have shaped out in terms of the minutes that these two guys are getting now versus what if maybe they, they were playing a expanded role throughout uh, their time on the Wizards? Do you think... Like Sato was brought over at the right time for the team. What's what's your take on all this, Brandon? I think Sato. I mean, I'm happy with the minister getting now. I yeah. mean, Sato is it's pretty clear now that Sato Ransky can play. I mean, he's the backup point guard that the Wizards have been looking for for a couple years now. John Wall's whole career. Kel- <laughs> yeah, John Wall's whole career essentially, and Kelly Oubre is really starting to turn to that three and D player that. A lot of fans predicted he would become, although on the defensive end, he still has ways to go, but the potential is there because of his athleticism and his <clears throat> and his length. But and uh, it has me wondering if Sadoransky was the primary backup point guard for John Wall against the Celtics in the playoffs last year. Maybe John Wall would have a little bit in, more in the tank in Game 7, and maybe... Instead of Brandon Jennings, be, yeah. Instead of Brandon Jennings and... Maybe the Wizards would be playing the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals instead of the Celtics. That's a good one. Maybe. If. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting situation when John Wall gets back because there's such good chemistry on the court when Sadoransky is playing with the rest of the starters that you've got to wonder, you know, what, is it going to work out with Wall, Beal, and Sadoransky? Is, you know, will that be a. A line that that works defensively will they be able to get enough rebounds uh it's it's definitely a question because you know we've seen Sadoransky do so much in just a, a short amount of game starting and you know the way he's able to get 
relatively close to a triple double a lot of these games it's it's something that you don't just want to stash away back on your bench and then it, when we look at Kelly Oubre when is this guy going to be a starter you know we've said consistently that the best lineup for the Wizards is Wall, Beal, Oubre, Morris I'm sorry Porter and Morris without Gortat or Mahimni on the floor just because they can't keep up with a lot of these new uh stretch five type center players so it's I don't know what kind of lineup could you do you think that it'll function well to have uh both Sadaransky and Wall playing simultaneously Brandon uh, oh man that's a tough one I don't know maybe a lineup of Wall Sadaransky Ubre Porter and Mahimi because we need because the Wizards need a big a big guy in there someone to, to get rebounds we, mm-hmm. they can't go small they can't go small every single time. Did you say Beal was on the bench in that line? Wall, Sadoransky, Ubre, Porter, and Mahimni? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So would that be like a transitioning to reserve? Like a a substitute lineup, yeah, I would a, guess? That would be yeah, like the start a, of the second quarter or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean... There's lots of in- interesting lineups that Scott Brooks can toy with, and I mean, even though Sadoransky isn't incredibly young, he's 26, which is one year younger than John Wall, and then Ubre, I think he's like 22. He's such a young and he's 22. It's, it's like, yeah, these guys have a he's lot of basketball. Really, <laughs> that's very funny. He's, he's younger than me. I'm 23. <laughs> oh, John Wall is my age, so that's hilarious. It shows how much I've accomplished in my. My career. Uh, I don't have any millions of dollars to to be buying Rolex watches for my teammates or anything like that. But obviously, like these guys have a lot of basketball left to play, a lot of improvements and jumps to make. And the tough toughest part for the Wizards regarding Ubre and Sadoransky is how do you pay them? You know, Wizards are already capped out. They they don't have too much flexibility. And these guys, of course, like the markets kind of went on that roller coaster the summer of. Uh, Jan Mahimni, where everyone's making r- ridiculous money, and now it's kind of fallen back to earth. So maybe they won't demand too much, but I don't know if you know deep pockets. Mister Leonsis is gonna be going too deep into luxury tax. What's your take? I I would love to keep Sadoransky, but I mean he has he's had a couple really good games on national TV, and I'm pretty sure some teams have taken notice of what he can do. So. The only way to really keep him is to uh, to either trade Gortat or find a way to get rid of that Mahimi contract because yeah. those two contracts are the contracts that are really holding the Wizards back financially. And the one other thing is, you know, maybe over the summer, as much as it pains me as a Wizards fan, like this would be the good time to trade high on either of those guys, Ubre or Sadoransky. And of course, you're kind of unrooting the young talent on the team but you've got to you know test the waters and see what you can get for these guys at the same time is Porter tradable this upcoming offseason because they just signed him to a to a new contract yeah i'm not sure when his his trade kicker kicks in i think it's uh a man i don't know if it's over the summer or like next after next trade deadline i've i've got to double check that out but uh, basically, like everyone, you know, these these deals that seem incredibly long with uh, Ubre, sorry, with Beal and Porter, like the, they are gonna spend their final year as restricted free agents. So 
Like it's I'm not saying I want to get rid of either of them, but it, the the deals aren't quite as long as everyone's making them out to be. Like you know, Gortat is locked up for for money for next year, but everyone knows like you know the, the teams that have the cap flexibility are just gonna sign and cut them. You would think. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But right now, like we've got twelve games left to play, so we can't really be thinking about the post the uh, off season at this moment until we. We get out of the postseason, hopefully hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy, right? Hopefully we can just get out of the first round. Yeah, hopefully. exactly. I mean, that. In, I mean, if the Wizards end up playing Indiana, that's not going to be a cakewalk. That's going to be a really competitive series. No, but when you look at these standings, like, really none of these are going to be cakewalks. Come on. Like, you know, Toronto and Boston, Cleveland, nobody playing LeBron in the playoffs is never a cakewalk. The Pacers have proven they're at least very competitive against the Wizards. Uh, neither team has been at full strength. I don't know, maybe the first matchup of the year they have been. Um, and then Philadelphia is just incredibly talented, and Embiid is very hungry uh, to prove that he's he's great and belongs in the playoffs, his first full healthy season. Miami is well coached. The Bucks have Giannis who killed the Wizards late in, in uh, the fourth quarter, two games this year in D.C. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that any of these teams are a cakewalk. If you have to pick one, though, do you want to play the Miami Heat in the first round? I'd rather play, I'd rather play the Indiana Pacers. But when you look at this Wizards team's history in the first round of playoffs, they've been dominant going back to their series against Chicago in 2014. And the only reason why the series went to six last year was because the Wizards kind of took their foot off the gas pedal in game three and four. So they've been really dominant in the first round throughout the last couple of years. Welcome to Wizards life the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years. <laughs> Look <laughs> yeah. like they're good, then boom, all of a sudden the other team comes crawling back and no lead is ever safe. All right, Brandon, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me today about Marquise Morris's improvements and, you know, what might have been if Ubre and Sadoransky had more time uh, in the oven, or I guess not more time in the oven, but more more minutes in real game situations, whether the, the like having their feet to the fire would have sped their development a little bit more. And both of us kind of agree that we're happy where they are, and we don't know. We're hoping that the Wizards can hold on to them for bargain deals, but you never know. Ubre's got a ton of talent, um, so we shall see. But anyway, uh, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, Locked on Wizards returns with a brief preview of uh, the San Antonio matchup on Thursday night, and then um, our buddies Arthur Renault and you. You're going to be joining Arthur, right, for the Friday podcast to recap that Spurs game. Yes. I'll All right, be Brandon. Author on Friday. Nice. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Um, once again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel. Tonight's guest was Brandon Nguyen, who's 45 first, and then underscore N D U Y E N on Twitter. You can find me at Noah underscore Getzel. And of course, Locked On Wizards is just at Locked On Wizards. While you're at it, follow Wizards Extra. Brandon and I report for them. So that's Wizards, sorry, at Wizards XTRA. Brandon, you had such a good song recommendation last time. What you got for us this time? Have you seen Black Panther yet? I have not. 
Pray for me. All right, cool. That's a song from the Black Panther. Nice. I'll put that on. I tried to watch it and ended up going to the wrong theater. I went to Gallery Place and said George Sean. Big, big disorganization. That's kind of how my brain works, but (laughs) drop the ball there. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone, and have a good night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.